Welcome to the Second Success Podcast by Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. Getting clear on the mindset for repeatable success. Hello and welcome to episode six of Second Success Podcast with me, Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. The other evening I was sitting down with my family and we were watching uh, Netflix and we watched a movie called Dare to Dream, uh, a film based on The Secret, uh, about law of attraction and uh, it was an interesting movie. It was about a uh, single mother going through difficult times, adversity, things just not going her way and uh, a gentleman comes into her life who starts pointing out um, how she should look for positive things and look for what she wants rather than worrying too much about what she doesn't want and, and being a movie, as her family, her, her kids and herself started thinking about the things that they want. Lo and behold, they presented themselves and everything worked out. Life's not quite like that though. And uh, as much as I believe in the law of attraction, I also believe in we could implement law of attraction, but we also need to put in the action as well. So an interesting movie, uh, an interesting movie, a very engaging movie. However, I do think that it could possibly send the wrong message to some that we can put all the intent and intention in to wanting something. But unless we do something about it, it's not going to happen. Somebody's just not going to deliver everything into our laps. We've got to go out there and take action. And talking of action, I want to talk about today's guest, my friend and an action man himself, Ed Hill. Proving a lot of doubters and naysayers wrong, Ed joined the elite Royal Marines commandos as a teenager where he specialised as a sniper and conducted operational tours in Northern Ireland, Africa and Iraq. Although destined for a promising career in the military, after 14 years of service, he made the sudden decision to leave. Since then, he's returned to Iraq as a private security contractor, provided armed protection to ships against Somali pirates, worked as a doorman in Liverpool and worked as a personal bodyguard to wealthy people in London. Ed now runs Intrepid Protection, a London-based company that provides high-end protection services to high-net-worth individuals. Let's hear what he had to say. Hello, Ed. Thank you for joining Hello. me. You've been in the Marines, you know, you've achieved a lot in life and you're now venturing on your new platform, Intrepid Protection, where you're a, a security consultant, you provide protection for ultra high net worths. So what I'd like to hear in your own words, essentially, first of all, got you into the Marines. OK, so uh, I, I've been asked this question <laughs> quite a few times. So um, at that time, I was... Um, I kind of reached that point in my my childhood or my youth where I was at school, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do career-wise. I was very active physically. Um, I used to run competitively. So I wanted to, to do something that was kind of um, physically active. Mm -hmm. I was never, ever going to be a professional sportsman. So the next best thing was, was the military because that was physically active and... Uh, kind of up my up my street with something I was I was looking for and the marines was in my view was the certainly the most physically active um mm. unit I could have joined the toughest I could have joined and uh, I always remember as a kid I was I was 6 years old and um something that kind of stayed with me was I remember being with my dad and my dad showed me all the um, we, we were on holiday and all the kind of cap badges of the various um, army regiments. And then he showed me the Marines and he picked the Marines out and he said, right, these, these are the elite. These are mm -hmm. the boys kind of thing. <laughs> and that always stayed with me. And I always, I also had this kind of, um, kind of doubt as well as, as to whether I was, I was robust enough to make it through because 
Yeah, I guess like like most teenage boys, I was you know very a, a scrawny teenager, and there was always the naysayers that were always there. Um, you know, kind of what what you in the Marines, huh? you'll never make it. You know, you're not big enough. You're not you're not tough enough. You're not this. You're not that. And and that was always kind of in the back of my mind. So is that what spurred you on to be a success in the Marines? What what made you the success that you were? Um, so going back, going back a step, I was growing up, I, I loved football, but I was never quite good enough. I was never quite good enough to make the team. I might have made it a sub, but, you know, I was never, ever in the team. And I used to put a lot of, uh, a lot of pressure on myself to, to perform as well. And if I was having a kick around in the park, I was always kind of, you know, yeah, I could always hold my own. But then when I actually come in to a, a game, I'd always get this kind of like sense of anxiety that, that I had to perform. And, um, and that kind of had a bit of a, an impact on me because there I was as a teenager and, you know, you had, you had the football team and mm-hmm. everything that kind of went along with, with being in the football team and whatever. And I kind of felt a little bit um, outcasted okay. and always kind of felt that I was never kind of good enough. One thing I was good at was was running. Mm-hmm. So I thought, right, rather than kind of put all my focus and attention into, you know, trying to be, you know, make the football team, I'll I'll try something else. So I started going out and running and running and whatever. And the next thing, you know, I I was clearly the best runner in my mm-hmm. school by by far. Um, and then I joined the local uh, running club, and I was. Yeah, certainly one of the best there. But that wasn't enough for me. I then wanted to join a better running club. So I, I, I joined that running club. And um, yeah, okay, I, I, was, I was good, but I was, certainly wasn't, you know, uh, I was certainly never going to represent, uh, you know, Great Britain in the Olympics. So, so there was a competitive nature to you to succeed, to become the best you could be. Yeah, there was. But I think going back, I think a lot of it was kind of spurned by, um, you know, that kind of rejection and mm. being outcasted, if you like, by, by not making it as yeah. um, in football. You know, I, I wanted to be good at something. And it's interesting. And it's interesting you had that mindset. There's some that could have failed at one thing and not wanting to try their hand at anything else. We've seen this time and time again where failure is a setback and we don't want to continue. In fact, you at a very young age had a very much of a growth mindset where you took that failure and used it as the impetus to really drive yourself forward in a different area. I wanted to do something that was um, physically active. And mm. yeah, it was... Going to the Marines. It was the Marines, yeah. So you've had your success with the Marines and we're on to your second success now. You're with in- Intrepid Protection. Tell me a little bit about that and let's, what are you doing now? Okay, so uh, Intrepid Protection, it, it's a uh, private security company which is geared up around providing high-end specialist services to uh, high-net-worth individuals, very wealthy people, uh, celebrities, um, people that need that uh, higher-end security service. What that involves is pretty much um, bodyguards, you know, I'm, I'm not talking nightclub doorman. Um, I'm not talking your security guard on, um, on Tesco's. 
I'm talking guys who have a similar background to my to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, guys who've 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 been at the um, in the Marines, in Special Forces, in uh, other units such as the Parachute Regiments. Uh, g- guys, guys who have been there under um, stressful situations, who are very um, have a very uh, professional attitude. Also, guys that I know and trust. Uh, yeah, and, and and looking to to take that service to uh, the people that need it. Tell me something, and and this is what I really want to count from you. And what are the three things that you've taken from your first success into the second success? Yeah. Okay. So uh, the first one I would say is um, is embrace failure. You know, mm-hmm. failure is is inevitable. If you've got high high ambitions, high hopes, if you want to um, improve your life or achieve things, there will be failures. Mm-hmm. And, and I look back at my time when I, I joined the Marines as a, as a scrawny teenager, and I was like a rabbit lost in the headlights. I was completely out my depth. You know, I look back now, it's like, um, how I got through, <laughs> I do not know, but I did. And, but it took me a lot of failure a lot of heartbreak, a lot of rejection to, to get there. And I think, yeah, failure is, is inevitable. And it, again, you, you've, you've got to embrace that. And when you do experience failure, don't, don't take it to heart. Mm. You know, it's, it's use it as an opportunity to go again. I've probably had, and, and I, I say this to my daughter, you know, my daughter looks at me as being some, you know, very kind of successful guy. But what she doesn't realize is that behind that success is failure after failure after mm-hmm. failure, you know, and it's just a case of, yeah, you, you, you fall off that wall and you go again, you know, and yeah, I think you, you, you've got to, you've got to have that mindset as well to, to be able to embrace failure and accept it, you know, take it for what it is, learn from it and go again. So, yeah, on, on top of that is, um, I, I would say, uh, play to your strengths is another one. So I'll go back to my time as a, um, as a kid wanting to be in the football team. Mm. And, yeah, okay, I never, as much as I loved football, as much as I loved playing it, um, I never really had the talent to kind of make it into, into the first team. Mm. So instead, I went for something else which was which, which was the running yeah I was a very good runner and that enabled me to to progress and 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 take that into into my next career which was which was in the marines because there's a hell of a lot of running you have to do in the marines you know so uh, so yeah um, yeah so uh, de- definitely play to your strengths okay again um, we're None of us are naturally gifted in some areas, um, but we are naturally gifted in others. So those areas that, that we are gifted in, mm. yeah, 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 take them and, and maximize that, that gift. So uh, taking your strengths, playing to your strengths, you know, it was the running, it was the athleticism taking you into the Marines. And now in business, it's that knowledge, I guess, you've taken from security yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah, and also, um, yeah, my strengths are is that I I know, and I guess by by nature, I am I have good morals, you know, which which mm. again was something which was really deeply instilled into me um, in the Marines, you know, because mm. again, I, I'm 
I'm in an organization where, and I have been in situations where you look at the next guy stood next to you and you literally, you would die for that person. You know, mm-hmm. And that person would die for you. Again, it, it, it's these morals and, and, and that um, embodiment of trust, if you like. I'm now taken into, in, into my business and, and I know that pretty much if, if I give my word to someone, that is 100%, that, that, that is my word. And, um, and I think when you're dealing with billionaire clients and, and high net worth individuals and certainly Russian clients, they can sniff this out. You know, they're, again, they, they, they don't trust easily. So if, if, if you're a, a decent person with good morals, uh, a, a, you know, a stand-up guy that, will, um, uh, that is genuine, that is, that is my strength, you know. So, yeah, I, 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 I play to that. So it's embracing failure, playing to your strengths. And what's your final? Okay, uh, my final one, I would say, is... Um, Maintain a sense of humor. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, uh, again, one of the, one of the commando, uh, commando qualities was cheerfulness under adversity. The other qualities include uh, things like courage, determination, you know, all your kind of usual ones, but cheerfulness under adversity. Uh, and again, it's, it's when you're going th- through this adversity, this is when you see the, the true character of someone. You know, it's easy. It's easy to be happy, and you know the the the, the joking in the crowd and everything's going well. The true measure of someone is when things are not going well. You know, when things are not going well. If you're the type of person that that blames everyone else, if you're the type of person that um, that, that kind of goes into yourself, then that that's not really showing strength of character. You know. You, you've you've got to look at that situation and okay, it, it's it's not ideal, it's not where you want to be, but yeah, you just got to you know look at it, laugh at it, and go again and and again. My my attitude is pretty much that you know I mean I've I've literally had bullets whiz, whiz past my my ears on, on many occasions, you know, and and it's like. Look, if if I if if I've got my mind, if I've got my arms, if I've got my legs, I've got everything. You know, money, um, power, it, it, it can come and go. But if 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 you if you've got a good attitude and you've got a good good health, what more do you want? You know. Of course, I was going to say I'm hoping you know that the current business isn't as life threatening as your time in the Marines. But you're right. You know, with the pressure cauldron that we're currently living in. You know, to have that sense of cheerfulness around you, you know, I think take many people a long way. It's an attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's important. You have to. And again, it's you know, when so many times where when when I was I was serving, we'd be we'd be on on Dartmoor, we'd be on the mountains of Scotland, we'd be in Norway, soaked to the skin, knowing that you're going to probably spend the next four or five days soaked to the skin. You know, you're cold, you're wet, you're hungry, and you just look at your mates and you just laugh at each other, you know? I can't imagine. Of course, you can only laugh. I Sometimes I do find myself in dire situations and, you know, what can you do? You either cry or you laugh and, you know, yeah, I'd always exactly. laugh. Yeah, definitely, you know? And, yeah, it, it, it's Brilliant. the old Monty Python sketch, you know? It's like <laughs> always look at the bright side of life. Of you know? course, of course. Talking of that. How, you know, with the pressure that everybody's under these days and, and especially business, how do you stay level-headed? What keeps you sane? I think it's, it's, a, 
a sense of being grounded. And I think it's uh, going back to uh, what, what I've just said about, um, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You know, okay, yes, all right, you might, you might lose your home, you might lose, um, you know, your business might, might, might go under, whatever. Mm. It's not the end of the world. It's really not the end of the world. You know, I mean, I've, I've, been, I've been to Africa, I've, I've, I've been in war situations um, in Iraq. You know, these people have got problems, you know. Mm. Um, there's always somebody worse off than you. And I think it, it yeah, it, it, it's just right. Okay, just it, it, it's not easy, and you, you, you have to take a bit of a step back, assess the situation, make adjustments as w- where necessary, make a a calculated decision as to as to what you're going to do next. Mm-hmm. If that means that you have to close your business mm. and and start again, then close your business and start again. You know, it, yeah. it's it's not the end of the world. You know, yeah. um, we're fortunate that, that that we live in the UK, where if if things do get that bad, chances are you probably won't be living on the streets. And mm. you know, we. we we're very fortunate that, that, that we have a, a welfare system here. So again, I, I always went when I was um, when I was serving. I always used to think of you know the guys in the trenches in World War One. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think, oh my God, okay, right, yeah. If I think I've got it tough, what mm. about those poor guys? I was going to say, gratitude goes a long way. And people, uh, when I work with clients, you know, sit there thinking that they don't have enough. Sometimes just focusing on the gratitude for the things that they do have, it just completely changes your mindset. Definitely, definitely. And, and, and that's one thing I do, I would probably say most mornings. And, and if, I, if I get time to do it in the evening, and I do, and, I, and I'll, I'll just take a couple of minutes and I'll mm. just think of five things every day to be grateful for, you know. And that, that could be the fact that I've got a roof over my head. That could be the fact that I have a warm bed. I have, I have a hot shower. I've got food on the table. You know, it, it's these simple things that, you know what, actually, I've actually got it quite good. You know, f- forget, forget the Porsche, forget the Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. You know, food on your table, a loving family, nice clothes, or what, what, whatever it could be, you know. What more do you um, want, the, really? That's the yeah, thing in life. Yeah, absolutely. I could spend ages talking to you about your details in the Marines, you know, especially some of the clients that you might now be working in. And obviously, you know, that's probably a topic for another day. But one thing I do want to ask you is that probably the final question is, what is it that you want to be remembered for? My attitude on life has always been, and again, this has been from a young age, um, I've always had the attitude that if the good Lord was to take me tomorrow, I could lie on my deathbed and look back and think, you know what? I've had a good go. You know, I've, I've given it everything. And indeed, if I was to drop dead now, I'd actually be quite satisfied that, you know, I've kind of lived life to the full. And yeah, I've... I've gone for it. I've uh, I've tackled things, and uh, yeah. So that that that's from my perspective. I guess what I would want other people to be remembered for is I would like to people to to remember me fondly for being a a decent guy, mm. uh, probably uh, first and foremost. But yeah, if 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 I could have inspired someone and uh, helped someone, then yeah, that that's good enough for me. It was an exercise I did a long time ago where, you know, out in my future, probably on my deathbed, not the one I turned this uh, old conversation morose, but actually, you know, if, you can, if we can really think back and look at what we want to be remembered for, 
sometimes it's just that impetus we need sometimes to get yeah. ourselves into action to start carrying out those kind of steps for which we want to be remembered but you know it sounds like you're full of gratitude and you've got no regrets so you know that's really good to hear Ed. My life certainly hasn't been easy you know as I said earlier there, there has been a lot of failure a lot of failure a lot of heartbreak a lot of disappointments a lot of soul searching but then you just take a step back, reevaluate, and go again. So anybody listening to this will take great inspiration from your story, you know, to play to their strengths, to accept yep. failure, and really go out and get what they want to achieve. And, and actually, whilst they're doing it, to be cheerful about it and really enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, cheerfulness under adversity. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, thank you very much for your time. And Pleasure. It's been lovely Pleasure. talking to you. Thank you. Cheers. That was my friend Ed, and it was a real pleasure to speak to him, uh, a wonderful guy. And the one thing for me was the whole cheerfulness under adversity. What a great saying, and that's probably something I do do myself. I do not try and get too many things get me down. I think most people who know me would think, Rakish, he's always got a smile on his face. And I guess that's the way I look, want to look at life. It's, it's with a smile, positive outlook, and rather than seeing things as problems, but see them as challenges and, and see, well, you know what? There's nothing too bad out there. We can always overcome it. So again, and that's a great reminder from Ed. Adversity can be very challenging and sometimes it's very difficult for people to overcome it. So if adversity is something that you're going through, please do reach out and maybe I can help. And in the words of Shiri Chinmoy, remain cheerful for nothing destructive can pierce through the solid wall of cheerfulness. And it reminds me of the time I was doing my PhD and all of a sudden I developed alopecia. I started losing hair from my head and my arms and my legs. And though initially I was very alarmed and concerned, and so were my family, however, rather than overly concern myself with it, I decided to shave all the remaining hair off my head. I remember even the barber taken a, being taken aback at the request to take it all off. And when the hair did start to grow back in some of the patches, I started bleaching it blonde. So I remember I had this look where I would have two millimetre long hair, bleached blonde, with a black goatee, and yes, it was a bit of a sight to see. And when I initially developed alopecia, it was a difficult time, but looking back on it, and even the time straight after, it wasn't that difficult because of the outlook I had. Initially, there was a time where, yes, it was a bit of a challenge, but that didn't last long. In fact, when I look back, I only see it as a fun times and I only see it, it was just times where I tried different things and it was a positive time. I maintained my cheerfulness under adversity and it got me through what could have been a very difficult time. Today, I'd like to leave you with a scene from a movie called Patch Adams starring Robin Williams. Now here's a comedian who knew how to be cheerful under adversity. In this particular scene, Robin Williams playing the doctor turns up to a man on his deathbed. Preview of coming attraction. Curse. Death. To die. To expire. To pass on. To perish. To peg out. To push up daisies. To push up posies. To become extinct. Curtains. Deceased. Demised. Departed and defunct. Dead as a doornail. Dead as a herring, dead as a mutton, dead as nits. The last breath, paying a debt to nature, the big sleep. God's way of saying, slow down. To check out. To shuffle off this mortal coil. To head for the happy hunting ground. To blink for an exceptionally long period of time. To find oneself without breath. To be the incredible decaying man. 
worm buffet. Kick the bucket. By the farm. Take the cab. Cash in your chips. And if we bury us up, we have a place to park my bike. Thank you for listening to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach.